You've tuned into a mega church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Now, let's say you have been given a task. You've been given a task to pull out a tree trunk that is stuck in the ground with all its roots going far and wide. And you're given a crowbar or a pickaxe. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's not the way you're going to do it. Suppose you've got a tractor standing beside with a huge chain around it. What are you going to do? You're going to tie that chain to this tree trunk and you're going to start the engine revving and it's going to pull with its roots. Every one of them will come out. This picture, you will see it on YouTube several times. You Google for it, you will find many of them. And when I saw one of those things, I said, what power this tractor has to pull the trunk with its roots. Every one of the roots are coming out. Now, that picture I want you to keep in your mind because Holy Spirit is a tractor. And he is the one who can pull out with his roots every problem in your life. Whether it's demonic, whether it's natural sickness, whatever it is, he can pull it out with his roots. Can we say amen for that? Amen. So the, that is the picture I want to keep in mind. Because the day of Pentecost is to give you that power. That power. God wants to give you that power. So that you will be able to pull out every problem with his roots. With his roots. Not to let anything remain behind. I actually prepared the sermon. But you know, it's not my problem. When I'm in the shower, sometimes God speaks. So this morning he did. So I have to tell you what he told me. After the Pentecost comes the experience of beautiful gate. Say, after Pentecost comes beautiful gate. Say it with me. You may be wondering, why am I saying these words? What, what does this mean? After the Pentecost, the disciples, as you read, have received power. There was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. No wind, just the sound of the wind. It came, filled the house where they were gathered. And then they found that the cloven tongues of fire came and alighted upon each one. And they began to speak in tongues. When the sound came, the sound was so distinct, so clear, that the whole city could hear it, and they kept coming to this place. And when they came, what did they see? They did not see anything. They saw something spectacular. Everybody was praying in tongues, the tongues that they did not know. But the people who have come from different parts of the world, and they heard the language. In their, in their, they heard them declaring the wonderful things of God, works of God, in their own language from where they came. Human languages not learned, they were speaking. But after that experience, imagine Peter and John walking by the beautiful gate, gate called Beautiful. There was a man who was born crippled from his birth. He never walked. And the parents brought him and kept him at the gate called Beautiful, which was the gate uh, very close to the, I mean, one of the entrances to the temple. 
And he was sitting there and begging all his life. And think about the day when Jesus walked by the same beautiful gate and saw that man sitting there and begging. And he asked the father, Father, do you want to make this man well? Father says, no, no, not now. I will leave it for Peter in the future date. So think about Jesus walking by. He did not heal that man. And now Peter and John are walking after the day of Pentecost. And they are coming to the gate called Beautiful. And they see this man crippled from birth, sitting there and begging. They have seen him for years and years. For decades he was, they have seen him there sitting there and begging. And Peter looks at that man. And what is his reaction? He did not say, mm, I think that's not for me. Lord, if you were here, you could have done it. Now you're not here. Did he say that? No. He said, look at us. Look at us. Why you had to look at him? What is there in him? Silver or gold have I none. You're looking to me, stretching your hand, thinking that you receive some money. I've got nothing to give you. But as such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he pulled him by the hand and the man was jumping around and walking around. That is the day of Pentecost. Many Christians are stuck between the Pentecost and the beautiful gate. When you walk by the beautiful gate, you are saying, it's not for me, it's for Jesus. It's not for me, it is for Jesus. Church is split in the middle. The universal church is split in the middle. Some people say, it is ceased. There are no miracles anymore. The Holy Spirit did them. It's all recorded in the Acts of Apostles. Once the Bible is complete, we don't need that power anymore. What you say with your mouth, that's what you will live. When you say it's not for me, you will not get it. You will not get it. What you criticize, you will not get it. You criticize people falling down, you will not get it. You criticize people, people being healed, you will not walk into it. It's like that commander who was during Elisha's days. When there was a famine, the, uh, Elisha says, tomorrow by this time, this is what is going to happen. It's going to sell for so cheap. And he said, if the windows of heaven are open and poured down, is it still going to happen? He said, you will see with your eyes, but you will not eat it. You will not eat it. I tell you, it's the same verdict today. Holy Ghost is saying today. It's the same words. If you don't believe it, you don't walk in it. You don't believe it, you don't receive it. This is the day of Pentecost to regird you, to put that power in you, to put that fire in you, and you will have to take it by faith. It's up to you. You will have your beautiful gate. You walk out from here. You will have a beautiful gate. You will see somebody in need. What are you going to do? I will call Ramana. <laughs> no. I will think about Jesus Christ. No. It is for you. It is for you to say, look at me. I don't have silver or gold. But I give you such as that I have, I will give you. Think about Jesus standing these are the, this, is, this is not from my preparation. This is from what the Lord spoke to me in the, in the shower. Think about Jesus standing there at the tomb of Lazarus. Man was dead for more than four days. And people, they used to believe that for up to two days or three days, the spirit can come back. if It will be roaming around, you know. That's the reason why Jesus delayed. So that the people would not say, no, no, it's naturally he rose. 
naturally rose. Oh, three days the spirit keeps roaming, so it will come back. So if he's raised on the third day, they'll say, ah, oh, it's not a miracle, it's only third day. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, let's be here. Let's be here. Lazarus is sleeping. Disciples said, if he's sleeping, he will get up. He said, no, for your information, I'm telling you, Lazarus is dead. For your information, I'm telling you, Lazarus is dead. And he stayed there for few, two more days, three more days. And on the fourth day, he travels again, walks and comes to the place. Where have you laid him? And when he came to the tomb, Jesus wept. Many Sunday school teachers, students will know. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. You know why Jesus wept? Jesus wept because he is going to, he looked at the, uh, the, the death, how strong it is, and how it has interfered and spoiled the creation of God. And he wept because of the damage that death has come. And he was shedding tears of joy because he's going to overcome it. But we think about it standing at that place in the, in the, near the tomb of Lazarus and thinking about you and me and every Christian down through the generations. They will come to the tomb and they will not raise the dead man. And I am crying for those people who are going to not raise the dead man. Did Jesus think about you when he shed the tears? I want you to change the story. I want you to change the story. Holy Spirit is coming upon you right now. Some of you are being stirred up as you are listening to me. The Holy Ghost is bearing witness in the spirit. My son, my daughter, your destiny is not to weep at the tomb, but to raise the dead. Hallelujah. In order to understand Acts chapter 2, we need to understand Acts chapter 1 verses 4 to 8. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be by witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is what he said before he did it. At least a week in advance, eight or ten days, ten days probably. He was taken up and then after ten days, the Pentecost happened. Now the point here is, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The disciples waited. Not one disciple, not two disciples, not a dozen disciples. 120 of them waited. 120 of them waited. Did they expect what they experienced on the day of Pentecost? They didn't expect. No expectation. And God will surprise you when his power comes upon you. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who are sensitive to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost shows up, they will shake and fall down. And there are some people who are like me, like a strong wood stuck in the ground. They don't fall. Nothing happens to them. They don't feel it. So what happened in my life? It's the same thing. When I received the Holy Spirit, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. So when did I know? When I began to pray for somebody. It, was, it happened in, uh, in Zimbabwe. And I, we had meetings there. And one afternoon I spoke on John chapter 2. And I gave them a call. Those who want to receive Christ, come forward. Some people came forward. Uh, first two people came. I said, oh, that's not a great response. But anyway, they are all believers. So two people is good enough. 
And then I said, those of you who want a touch of God, you want that water to be turned into wine, come. And I saw people wearing jackets, um, uh, high-vis jackets, and they were standing there before the even people came. And then I see people slowly trickling in. One, two, three, four, the row was completed, and the people with high-vis were standing behind. It was strange for me, because I did not know that they, you need to catch when they fall. And when we began to pray, they were falling down. That's the time I knew that I received the anointing of God. Was he there already in me? He was there already for more than a year. He was there in me. But I never prayed for anyone. This is what I want you to know. The Holy Spirit is in you. As you take opportunities at the beautiful gate, when you look at the lame man and say in the name of Jesus, be healed, you will see power released. You will see power released. And so many times I envy those people who are sensitive to the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You'll be singing songs and they will be shaking and they'll be ecstatic about it. Oh, what's happening? The Holy Spirit is here. I am there. Mm. Where is the Holy Spirit? Where is he? Once I went for a healing meetings, people came, 10 million people came in that meeting. Ground was so full. If you just sprinkle sand, it will not fall on the ground. People are so much packed in that ground. And then I went and stood somewhere far off on the road. Because I wasn't a great fan of this Holy Spirit things. So I said, I just want to see what's going to happen. And I stood there and I saw the man calling out names, people being healed, but did not touch me. Why? I am not that person who's sensitive to the power of God. But my friend also had gone without my knowledge. And he said, oh, that meeting I went. I said, what happened? The power of God is so great. I said, I was there, but I didn't feel anything. So my invitation this morning is to address those people who are like me, like a wood, piece of wood. The power of God will come upon you. Only you will know it when you use it, that you got it. Until you pray for somebody, you will not know that you got it. I pray for people, they fall down. I don't fall down when people pray for me. Only twice I fell down. When some man laid hands upon me, I was down on the ground. When I opened my eyes, I was on the ground. I said, how, how, how did I reach here? How did I reach here? But I tell you, when he laid hand on me, I received power, that anointing. I received the anointing. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. People may disagree, agree, I don't care. But I received it. Right man, wrong man. Sometimes a wrong man can lay hand on you, you'll receive power, because he has power. Power and your character are two different things. You can be a Samson. Sometimes people are like Samson. They have their weaknesses. They have their faults, but they can have power. They can have power. That is what Christianity is full of now. People going after money. People going, going after power. And they have power. But the character does not support it. But I tell you what. Good news. Jesus is looking for you and me to support the power of the Holy Ghost. The demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost with character. That is a challenge. That's a challenge. Don't walk by the beautiful gate and say, it's not, it's not for me. That, uh, that is coming. That beautiful gate you will encounter. Take the seized opportunity and pray and see that the power of God is going to hit the person and healing is going to happen. That is how you have to do it. If there's any way I explain why I move in healing and deliverance, not because I feel. I don't feel. But I don't want to dishonor God by saying that. But I know that times I feel it is so little. 
very little i feel very so tiny you can easily say ah nothing is happening but i learned over the years to distinguish that little feeling that i get and i know that there is a big power waiting outside to do something and i see is that and i say god i release the power now in the name of jesus and things happen you saw me praying here how much did i feel today is very strange i broke down and i was crying but that is i believe is the holy spirit because it is not my power it is his power and he wants to flow through you every one of you he wants to flow through you the whole thing is how much are you yielded how much are you yielded so now when you come upon this they were told to wait but now christians don't need to wait why the pentecost happened nearly 2000 years ago let's say it was ad 31 today we are in ad 2023 you still have eight more years for 2000 years to complete and some people are prophesying that could be the year jesus is going to come back 2030 2031 it's only a clue i am giving i am not affirming i am not saying anything this just it's there in the air for you to think about pray about so you don't need to wait anymore because the holy spirit has come what you need to do is receive him when paul went to some place ephesus he asked the people have you received the holy spirit he did not say have you got the baptism of the holy spirit did the did the lord holy spirit come upon you like it came on the day of pentecost did you hear a sound of the mighty rushing wind did you see lamb I mean, in audio visual things sound and light and fire he said have you received the holy spirit they said no we never received the holy spirit we didn't even know there's something called holy spirit so what kind of baptism you have gone through john's baptism he said john's baptism for repentance you should be baptized again in the name of jesus and they were baptized when he laid hands on them they received the holy spirit they spoke in tongues that's also a controversial gift the church is divided in the middle those who say you don't need to pray in tongues and those who say you need to pray in tongues but i tell you i crossed from that camp to this camp i have lived in that camp for 33 years not one year two years 33 years i even disgraced somebody who was going to pentecostal church now he blames me those days i was going to pentecostal church you said don't go there now you are saying go to pentecostal church i was there but now i'm this side that's the reason why i decided i will not be ashamed to pray in tongues in public I will not be apologetic. I will not say excuse me. I am going to pray in tongues. No, rishaka bastaro, bahana sandara sorodi. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the tongues. Why? It is power. It is power. I tell you what is the problem with many Christians? They don't want to pray in tongues an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day. When you do it, you will see power. It's very simple secret, open secret. There are not, not many people who want to do it. I want to leave the challenge with you. You want to be like Peter and John. Say I such as I have, I want to give you. You cannot do it unless you pray. John G Lake said, if you do all things right, if healing is not happening, you need to increase your prayer. Increase your prayer. Increase your prayer. 
I tell you, many people talk about prayer, but they don't do the real praying. You can read books on prayer, but if you don't pray, nothing will happen. You can talk about prayer, preach on prayer. If you don't pray, nothing is going to happen. Prayer is the secret for the demonstration of power of God, power of Holy Ghost. Prayer is the secret. And you will not cringe at the gate of the at the beautiful gate. You will not cringe at the tomb of Lazarus when you are a man, a woman of prayer. You will not. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Half the world says, I have the Holy Spirit. And we say, where is the power? They say, you don't need to show power. It's all over. I tell you, you can never, never hide the fact that you have the power when you have the Holy, Holy Spirit comes upon you. There will be power. Everybody said there will be power. If you don't demonstrate power, you cannot boast that you have the Holy Spirit. Well, there is a measure of the Holy Spirit everybody has. If you are born again, there is Holy Spirit. But that is Holy Spirit in you to be with you, to comfort you, to encourage you, to strengthen you. But when it comes to ministry, you want to pray for somebody to be healed. You want somebody to be delivered. You want somebody to be set free from the demons. You need to have power come upon you. And that's called baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's called baptism of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost is, come, is upon you. So main purpose of Pentecost is to preach the gospel to the whole world. That's what he said. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, ye shall receive power. Ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Look at the map there. That map explains the tiny place called Jerusalem, which is surrounded in Judea. And then people had come from all these 17, 18 places for the festival of I mean, the harvest festival, basically. It was a festival of harvest. Pentecost is a festival of harvest. They have come to celebrate it. And then God decides to pour out a spirit. And these people from different nations, they came to that house in Jerusalem. And they found people praying in tongues. And everybody heard mighty works of God in his own language. He may be a Jewish man come from Rome. He will hear it in uh, probably... Um, Latin, and he, somebody else comes from another place, Arabia. Maybe he's hearing it in his own language, Arabic. Or he maybe come from another place, uh, from Egypt, and he'll hear something in his own language. So, are not these Galileans, how come they speak in my language then? That's the miracle of God. So, this is what Jesus said. It will be Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. We are in the ends of the earth. You realize that? <laughs> you go to Invakagil, there's a sign there. And everybody says, this is the end of the world. I've been there. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He does something beautiful. What he don't expect, he does. As a young man, I used to sit in that same ground which I talked about where there were 10 million people gathered. I was sitting in that ground with my friend and we used to meet there very often. And I used to see planes landing because the airport was only two kilometers away from there. I can see in the nights, we can see the lights, windows and the wheels coming down. But you know what? 
not even once I said in my heart, one day I will fly in an aeroplane. I, I never got the thought in my mind. Never. Never. I'm a man who doesn't have ambition in life. I don't, for, I don't plan things. I don't reach out for things. I don't work for it. I believe that God brings to, have, bring to pass whatever he has planned in my life. I'm quite satisfied with whatever I have. If I have little, I'm satisfied. I don't think about more. I am that kind of a man. From that man who has no hope of flying in an aeroplane, God brings me to the ends of the earth and says, preach the word from here. That is the power of God. In 1984, 83, I met a man who was a rickshaw puller. And, uh, you know, it's a manual rickshaw. You had to cycle like a cycle. You had to pedal it and carry the passengers. And he was saved. And he had the gift of prophecy. Somebody told me he lives in a place. So I went to the region and said, I called him, I told his name and said, does he live here? They said, no, he moved there. So I went there. Is he here? They said, no, he moved to another place. So I went there and found the man. And I said, he said, what do you want me to do for you? I said, please pray for me and tell me what God is telling you. He prayed for me. He said, God, he says, God says, he will take you to an island in the year 1983-84. He says, God will take you to an island. And in the year 2000, I went to Singapore. I said, this is it. That man told in 84-85. Now in year 2000, now I am in Singapore. No, completely wrong. 2002, I come to New Zealand. And after a month, I told Seema, you know what? That man said, God will take you to an island. I'm here in South Island now. <laughs> he was not educated enough to tell this something called island. He doesn't know it. And when he used the word island, I was surprised. How does this man who never went to school know what is an island? But he spoke by the Holy, Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to do all these things. And now what happened here is, now when they saw the boldness of, um, uh, the, the, sorry, did they receive power? What kind of power did they receive? That's the whole question. Jesus said, wait, you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Did they receive power? Look at the life of Peter. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You can't fool people, I tell you. When you are, you, when you are with Jesus, people will know it. When you are with Jesus, people will know it. When you are not with Jesus, also they will know it. When they look at you, the way you talk, the way you pray, what is happening, they will know whether you have, you have been with Jesus. And this man, Peter and John, when they raised uh, that lame man, they were questioned, they were imprisoned. They were, um, when they looked at them, they said, oh, they perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished. And they made a note. They are the people who were with Jesus. The question I have to ask today is, are you with Jesus? How do people know that you are with Jesus? They have seen a notable sign has been performed through them. It's evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So we cannot deny it. The religious leaders said, we cannot deny it. When signs, wonders and miracles are performed through each one of you, 
which is undeniable, then you, they will know that you have been with Jesus. Undeniable signs and wonders have to follow if you are a child of God. It's a non-negotiable thing. Acts 9.40, And Peter, having put everyone outside, having put down his knees, prayed, and having turned to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise up. And the one opened her eyes, and having seen Peter, she sat up. This man is praying for a dead lady. They came to know he's in the region. They said, oh, please, they sent a messenger. Please come. There's somebody who needs prayer. She's dead. He goes in, sends out everybody, kneels down and prays, and calls her by name, Tabitha, rise up. And the dead lady sat up. That is what we need to do. If the power of God is there upon you, you will have to do it. In Acts 5, 15, 16, we read, People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And all of them were healed. And yesterday I was reading some sermon somewhere on the, uh, on the line. And that guy, he quotes the scripture and he says, there is no evidence that anyone is healed. I said, is this guy blind? Has he gone blind? It says here, bring the people brought crowds gathered from the towns and around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And all of them were healed. When Peter was walking on the street, when the shadow was falling on the people, they were healed. The demons came out of them. What is a shadow? How can shadow get power? That is the power of the Holy Ghost. Your power of the Holy Ghost does not end with your body. Even your shadow can carry the power. Where is the problem? Problem is in your faith. When you believe that the Holy Spirit can do it through your shadow, he will do through your shadow. Did they take the gospel to the world? They did. Even Peter went to Rome. Paul went to Rome. And see, you, you will see the journey of Paul, this whole map. Sorry, not this one, another one. See the map. All those lines. When, you, when Paul had no aeroplane to take him, no train to take him, no car to move around, he has traveled so much in his lifetime. How can you explain it? Because he had that passion in his heart to preach the gospel. And that compelled him to go from country to country. They even say he was the first one to go beyond Rome, even more further to the west, even to Spain, he carried the gospel, the tradition says. He was unstoppable. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit constraining him to take the gospel. And if you have the Holy Spirit, and you see people around you who need Jesus, and you don't open your mouth, how can you say you have the Holy Spirit? How can you say you have the Holy Spirit? You see the people around, you, you, you rub shoulders with them, you sit with them, have coffee with them, talk to them, go to movies with them, but you don't open your mouth and tell about Jesus. How can you say you have the Holy Ghost? When your relatives come for parties, you have no time for Jesus. When you know they are sick, you cannot take them aside and say, let me lay my hand upon you. Bible says, lay hand on the sick, they shall recover. I want to lay my hand on you. Is it okay? Can you say that? 
If you have the Holy Ghost, can you say it? Yes, you should say it. You should say it. I said that uh, uh, the screen to go off after 30 minutes. It went off. That means my 30 minutes is over, you see. So I still have got not even halfway through my message. <laughs> but I promise you I'll try to finish it soon. Church, we started on the day of Pentecost is not to run on natural abilities, but supernatural power. This is what we need to understand. Jesus, when he founded the church by pouring out the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he did not expect it to run on natural abilities. Because you can sing and you can come and sing here. Because you can play instrument, you can come and play music. Because you can speak, you can be a preacher here. No! It is not the qualification. The qualification is to have the Holy Spirit in you. Then you sing. Have the Holy Spirit, then you play music. You have the Holy Spirit, then you preach. Have the Holy Spirit, have the Holy Spirit. That's the basic qualification to do anything that is in the house of God. Jesus received it when he was baptized. Why? He was a model for each one of us. When he went through the waters of baptism, he obeyed it, and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and remained on him. And we all must have an experience. When you, are whole, when, you are, when you are born again, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit. But you should not be satisfied just with that. You need the Holy Spirit upon you. That is Holy Spirit in you. You need the Holy Spirit upon you for ministry. You need that experience. And when you have that experience, then you will be more fruitful and successful for God. And when Jesus went through the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit came. What he was promising you and me is the same Holy Spirit that came upon him will come upon you. It's not a different Holy Spirit. You don't have two Holy Spirits. There's only one Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit who came on Jesus is the same Holy Spirit. He is coming upon you today. And some of you have received him in the past. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit once. But you can have more times being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be satisfied. If you were filled six months ago, six years ago, don't say, I received the Holy Spirit six years ago. That's enough for the rest of my life. No. You need to be filled again and again and again. You can be filled. You see in the book of Acts, so many times you are filled with the Holy Spirit. God's plan for the church is the same anointing, same power, same ability. Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power. You cannot have Holy Ghost without power. And you cannot have power without Holy Ghost. They go together. You need to have both. There's only one Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus is upon us. 1 John 4, 17. As he is, so are we in this world. I had to underline it and separate these two phrases. As he is. And I pushed the space bar several times so that I don't miss it when I'm speaking here. As he is, not he was. As he is. But how is Jesus is today? Only through his Christians, through his believers, through his followers. If you do not allow him to be working through you, he is dumb and deaf. Do you want Jesus to be dumb and deaf? Do you want him to express through your life? 
as he is, so are you in this world. As he is powerful, as he is compassionate, as he is merciful, as he is loving, as he is the one who heals, as he is the one who delivers, he is the one who is bondage breaker. He wants you to be the same. Nothing less. Nothing less. He wants you to be the same. Now, the question that I want to ask you here is, how far do you want to go? Ask your neighbor, give me a high five. How far do you want to go? Has anybody replied? When you ask the question, has anybody replied? What is your reply? All the way. All the way. Holy Ghost takes you. You want to go. All the way. All the way. Say now, all the way. I'm now come, coming closer, okay? I promise you. There was a man by name Nicander who lived in the year 200 BC. That is 200 years before Christ. And he wrote a recipe for pickling vegetables. So in the recipe he wrote, you have to dip the vegetables in the boiling water first and take it out. And then leave it dipped in uh, vinegar forever. The first time when he said, dip the vegetable in the boiling water, he used the word bapto. And when he used the word to leave it in the vinegar forever, he used the word baptizo. Same guy, same recipe. The recipe for the Christian church today is the same. You can have an experience of bapto. Temporarily, briefly, you dip and take it out. But you need to have an experience of baptizo permanently under the vinegar. You need to have the experience of permanently under the Holy Spirit. In, the, in Ezekiel writes about a vision where you see an angel comes, takes a measuring rod, measures out thousand measures. Walk here, ankle deep. And the thousand measures. Walk here, knee deep. Another thousand measures. Walk here, waist deep. They're all bapto. One more thousand measures. And Ezekiel was not able to feel the ground underneath. He had to swim. That is baptizo. You need to go from bapto to baptizo. You need to be immersed in the Holy Ghost. You must be immersed in the Holy Ghost. That is the secret to live in the power of the Holy Ghost. He is to be baptized. He is not just sprinkling. It has to go down in the water. Full immersion in the Holy Ghost. I want to demonstrate. Can you hear me still? I am borrowing this illustration from Maurice Thurl. Can you hear me? So Maurice demonstrated like this. When you are born again, you have the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to God. Did Paul write that in Romans? He did. If you have, don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to God. So everybody who is born again has an amount of Holy Ghost. Then you come how you hear about baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then you want to um, know more about it. You want to fast and pray. You are doing so many things. And slowly, 
things are changing in your life and you begin to speak in tongues. Some more. Then you say, no, no, this is not enough. I had to pray for healing for hap- to happen to people. You pray for healing, healing is happening, some more. And then again you say, no, that's not enough. I need to raise the dead. Some more. I tell you with all these little bit of experiences, you are increasing in the power of the Holy Ghost. Once I spoke to a young man, he said, how can you fill a glass which is already full? He was thinking it was already full and he was sick. You got what I'm saying? If he is full of the Holy Spirit, the glass is already full, how can he be sick? How can he be without a job? You cannot. You cannot. If you say you are full, you are lying. I say you are lying. But that is still, I may have add few more drops to make it overflow, but that is still not baptizo. It's still bapto. There is a way for this to become baptizo is to be completely let down into the water. Down. You need to be immersed in the Holy Ghost. You need to come to a stage where like Jesus said, I obey my Father. I can do nothing on my own. I only do what I see the Father doing. The words I speak are not my words. They are my Father's words. Can you come to that level of obedience and surrender? When you surrender yourself wholly, 100%, 200%, 1000% you are surrendered, then the Holy, Holy Spirit comes with power without limits. Today is the day of Pentecost. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus, the birth of the church, when the Holy Spirit came. Remember, no Holy Spirit, no church. Today we have churches without Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer said, Holy Spirit is withdrawn from the church, but everything is going on. The lights going on, singing going on, worship going on, sermons are going on, no Holy Ghost there, no Holy Spirit. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. The question today is, how much are you, you want to yield? Jesus was 100% He was obedient to the Father, 100%, even to the point of death upon the cross. And he was so much obedient to the Father. The Father said, it is not right for my son to die. And he raised him up from the dead. He raised him up because he was obedient unto death. Do you want to obey God? That is the secret to abounding in the Holy Ghost is to obey God 100% all the time. Whatever you think you have read in the scripture and whatever truth that satisfied and you have filled your mind with, even when you see that truth has to be demonstrated, you will step out because you have learned it in the scripture. You will step it out. 100% will obey. Then the Holy Ghost will come and meet the demand. Holy Ghost will come meet the demand. Like Elijah can get the whole fire ready, get, I mean, wood is there, a trench is there, the altar is there, the, uh, the bull is sacrificed, it's put upon the altar. No good. Fire has to come. Fire has to authenticate it by consuming the sacrifice. Is the fire come upon your life? Has the Holy Ghost authenticated your life? And not, I would encourage you to come today to receive a touch of the Holy Ghost. Revive it. To revive it. 
You already have received the baptism if you are speaking in tongues. That is a sign that you have been baptized by the Holy Ghost. But that's not enough. Because sometimes it can be like bapto, not baptism. You may be moving in healing. Bapto, not baptizo. You may be doing many miracles and signs. Bapto, not baptizo. Baptizo is when you are immersed in the Holy Ghost. When you are completely sold out. You have no will of your own. You will do what the Holy Spirit says. You will do what he shows you. That is baptizo. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for the word we have shared this morning. The word I've shared is like the sacrifice of Elijah. Unless the fire comes down, that sacrifice will not be authenticated. Unless the fire comes down, this message will not be authenticated. And I invite you, Holy Ghost, to authenticate what I have preached now to your children. And those who are hungry, those who are panting like the deer for the fresh waters and who are longing for more of the Holy Spirit and those who don't want to be satisfied with the bapto but to be baptized. They want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They want to swim in the waters of the Holy Ghost. They want to obey Him. They want to honor Him. They want to rejoice in Him. They want to, they want to boast in His strength. I pray now that you will touch those children who are longing for that baptism. Oh, I pray for that baptism to happen today in the name of Jesus. I call upon the Holy Ghost to come and authenticate the word that they may have fullness of the Holy Spirit. <sighs> you want the touch of God? I would encourage you to come. I will just lay my hand upon your head. I will not stay there longer to pray for individually, but I'll pray one prayer for everyone and I lay my hand, receive that baptism because that Holy Spirit who is in me, I will release it and you receive it. You will, you will be filled with fire. You will sense it. And even if you don't sense it, you are like me, like a piece of wood. Act upon it. Believe that you receive the Holy Ghost and pray for healing for somebody. And when the man is healed, you will know that you have the Holy Spirit. When you stand before a dead body and call the by, by name to come back into the body, you may not feel it. But when the man comes back to life, when the woman is raised from the dead, you will know that the Holy Ghost is in you. You are baptized. By the results, you will know that you are baptized. Please come to the front. I would like to lay my hand upon you. You want to be filled and touched by this Holy Spirit. Shakara bakara sendereste. Raborona manasheke. Bandara sastaroni. The gospel has to go to the ends of the world. Gospel has to go to the ends of the world. Today, if the Holy Ghost comes upon some people, they will take the gospel to some part of the world. Somewhere which you have not imagined. God will lead you, take you to the place to take the gospel. You will receive power because the Holy Ghost has come upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The God of Elijah who sent fire. I pray right now you'll send the fire. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now pour it out, pour it out, pour it out on your children. Let them pray for the sick and see them healed. Let them pray for the dead. Let them be raised. Oh, I pray, let them pray, oh God, for the blind, let them see. Let them pray for the deaf and let the ears be opened. When they pray for the lame, let them jump up and walk. Because the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 
Rabahane sendereste, sandana marasto, kastara shektere, bohoro borono, manda sarastokroni. Holy Spirit, come now, blow upon the children. Blow upon the children. Move powerfully. Let the fire alight upon you. Let the Holy Ghost fire alight upon you. Receive him. 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 Touch Lord. Fire release. Fire. Holy Ghost 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 fire. Fire release. Fire release. Fire release. Fire release. Fire! Things should change in the mighty name of Jesus. Fire release. Fire release. Now in the mighty name of Jesus. Fullness! Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.